Tucker Carlson fired before he could respond to 60 Minutes and Ray Epps, so I will respond for him. Imaginary Tucker Carlson monologue from Monday, April 24th, 2023. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson Tonight. No doubt you've heard of the name Ray Epps. You've heard his name many times on this broadcast in connection with the events of January 6th. You've heard me tell you that our government was lying about what happened that day and that they haven't stopped lying and that they have an entire media empire helping them lie to you every day. But those compliant patsies are never going to be threatened with legal action like a defamation case to shut them up Just like all the talk about hacked voting machines after 2016 by Jill Stein and many others in the media never led to a defamation case like the one Fox just settled with Dominion for $800 million. Oh no. But if you've learned one thing from watching my show, it's this. It's always okay when they do it, but not when you do it. They are special, and you are not. Here is Jill Stein talking about the millions she raised for the recount. Why do you feel the need to challenge this? Well, let me put it this way. Why would anyone not want to count the votes and to be sure that they are counted accurately? What we know is that uh, there were lots of hacks taking place around this election, hacks into voter databases, into party databases, into individual email accounts. And what we also know, unfortunately, is that the equipment that we use, much of it is not just open to hacks, it it basically invites hacks and malfeasance, tampering, human error, etc. Some of the voting machines in use in Wisconsin, for example, have actually been... They get to say what they want and always have. They don't like it that I also feel like I have the right to say what I want, and that defamation is only provable if they can prove I intentionally lied to hurt the reputation of Ray Epps, which I did not. When Chuck Schumer called out my boss, Rupert Murdoch, from the Senate floor for helping to exonerate the wrongly accused Jacob Chansley in the court of public opinion, he did so for a reason. They all belong to the same class of very powerful oligarchs who run this country. Did you think we were actually living in a democracy or constitutional republic? Guess again. If Chuck Schumer tells Rupert Murdoch to silence me and my show, Murdoch is going to listen. They go to the same parties, don't you know? This is embarrassing for people who don't like being exposed. That isn't the only reason they want me gone from Fox. And if you don't see me tonight on your television screens, you'll know they finally did fire me. But the 60 Minutes episode was a warning. It was like that scene in Godfather 2 when Frank Pentangeli's brother is brought into the courthouse and suddenly the testimony goes away. Oh... I was in the olive oil business with his father, but that was a long time ago, that's all. We have a sworn affidavit. We have it. Your sworn affidavit that you murdered on the orders of Michael Corleone. Do you deny this confession? And do you realize what will happen as a result of your denial? Look, the FBI guys, they promised me a deal. So I I made up a lot of stuff about Michael Corleone. Because that's what they wanted. But, but it was all lies. Uh, everything. And I kept saying, uh, uh, Michael Corleone did this, and uh, Michael Corleone did that. 
So I said, uh, yeah, sure. Mr. Corleone, would you kindly identify for the committee the gentleman sitting to your left? I can answer that. His name is Vincenzo Pintan. Is he related to the witness? He is, I believe, his brother. How do I know that? Well, because Epps now has a fancy lawyer from Team Blue called Michael Teeter, and he appears to have been threatening a defamation case against Fox News and this program. If Fox were to suddenly pull me off air the morning after 60 Minutes aired, that would mean avoiding a potential lawsuit by Michael Teeter and his powerful friends. No official censorship necessary. Fox would have known that the cease and desist letter came just a few weeks before the 60 Minutes segment, and that would have been too hard for me to resist. Of course I would have had to respond to Ray Epps' idiotic comment that I was obsessed with him. I would have to respond to such a blatantly biased, lazy report, even for 60 Minutes, on January 6th. I could not and would not allow them to have the last word with sloppy reporting like this. Carlson has focused on Epps more than 20 times on his top-rated show, a half dozen times so far this year. He's obsessed with me. He's going to any means possible to destroy my life and our lives. Why? To shift blame on somebody else. If you look at it, Fox News, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz, Gates, they're all telling us before this thing that it was stolen. So you tell me, who has more impact on people, them or me? Epps. On the 60 Minutes broadcast, Epps is cast as someone who had a change of heart halfway through, even after saying the quiet part out loud with, quote, they're going to think I was part of it, unquote. But anyone who knows what happened on January 6th knows plenty of protesters were trying to stop the violence including Ashley Babbitt, who was shot by Capitol Police. Everything Ray Epps said he did on that day, others have been arrested, demonized, and lost jobs for. Yet somehow he's become a media darling, constantly covered by the likes of the New York Times and now 60 Minutes. They don't even respect the American people enough to tell them why. They just say, it's a conspiracy theory, shut up, peasants. Here is what Influence Watch says about Teeter and his company, The 65 Project, Quote, the 65 Project was devised by Democratic consultant and former Clinton administration official Melissa Moss. It is a project of LawWorks, a group with no website or public financial disclosures. LawWorks has previously received grants from public policy-oriented foundation Democracy Fund and is a fiscal project of the Franklin Education Forum, a nonprofit organization that provides training and support to advance and broaden the appeal of the progressive cause. The name 65 Project refers to the number of lawsuits filed by supporters of President Trump to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Oh, Teeter on behalf of Epps sent a cease and desist letter to Fox, as told to the New York Times in March. Quote, A lawyer for Ray Epps, the man at the center of prominent conspiracy theory about the Capitol riot, sent a letter on Thursday to the Fox News host Tucker Carlson, demanding that he publicly retract his false and defamatory statements that Mr. Epps had worked as a government provocateur on January 6, 2021, and helped to instigate the mob attack. The letter to Mr. Carlson from the lawyer Michael Teeter also demanded a formal on-air apology for the lies that have been spread about Mr. Epps by others at Fox. 
The fanciful notions that Mr. Carlson advances on his show regarding Mr. Epps' involvement in the January 6th insurrection are demonstrably and already proven to be false, Mr. Teeter wrote. And yet, Mr. Carlson persists with this assault on the truth, end quote. So far, though, I haven't been fired. My friend Megan Kelly announced on her show that there are still negotiations underway, that I'm still under contract. I haven't been told why exactly they pulled me off the air on Monday, but I think we could put two and two together. Here is Megan Kelly. I want to, I think, break some news for you. Tucker Carlson hasn't actually been fired. <laughs> He's still an employee of the Fox News Channel. What happened was Suzanne Scott called him, she's the CEO, on Monday morning and said um, he was not going to be allowed to do any more shows and that he had been kicked out of his company email. And now they're going to have to negotiate an exit. Um, Some reporting to me uh, suggests that she said it's going to be an amicable parting, right, isn't it? Um, completely catching Tucker off guard. But Tucker's not fired. That's my information, that he still needs to negotiate the exit and that right now he's not free to launch a podcast or a digital show or negotiate with other employers at all because he's still under contract. They pulled his show off the air. They also fired his executive producer, Justin Wells. And though he tried to find out why, they wouldn't tell him. They refuse to tell him why. I mean, to me, that's just so disheartening. He's been at the at the the company for years. He'd been in the prime time for seven years and saw Fox News through one of the most difficult times in its history, the immediate era post Roger Ailes, where they didn't know left from right. They didn't know what. If you step back and look at the bigger picture, you can plainly see what the game has been all along. The same way the government stuck its tentacles into social media to subvert the Constitution, they have to do more or less the same thing to get around the First Amendment if they want me off the air and to censor Fox News. For the Murdochs, if they shut me up, they might be able to salvage their network. Why? Because the administrative state, the Democrats, and rhinos want to destroy Fox News. They liked it when Fox was just material for their late-night hosts like Jon Stewart back in the day or Stephen Colbert. But my show became too powerful, too popular, too influential. They have to shut me up for the same reasons they have to shut you up and shut Trump up or anyone who goes against their official narrative, their reality, their facts. This is war. This is civil war. It's a cold war, and it's mostly fought in back rooms with fancy lawyers and social media users. But it is war, nonetheless, between the powerful and those without power. The elites versus the populists. If they can shut me up, they win a very big battle in that war. And honestly, that serves the Murdochs too, because they like being a part of the upper crust that run the country now. Those late night comedians, they're basically flattering court jesters, giving Joe Biden virtual smooches every night. They're not funny. They're not watchable. Now that the public found out Rachel Maddow was lying to them about Trump and Russia, who cares what she says anymore? And don't get me started on Joe Scarborough. I'm sorry that this is what they're serving up to Americans. I'm sorry that anyone should have to listen to his self-righteous prattling. Nicole Wallace, what a shill. She can't say anything without smirking her way through it. Is that supposed to count for news? 
Everyone knows that people watch my show because they're sick to death of the pretty little lies the left tells itself. The jokes aren't funny. The movies are unwatchable. There's no such thing as news anymore. Their blue check army on Twitter, shame about the blue checks, RIP, are thought robots. It's all so boring, so flat, so fake, so insincere. They're all so good, so polite, so careful, so afraid, so very, very afraid. They're afraid of everything, freedom of thought most especially. They hate words, they hate books, they hate anything that challenges their groupthink. When you stop being able to tell stories of ordinary Americans, when all you care about is a tiny bubble of elites cloistered into a royal court, then you have nothing to say, and no one wants to watch your show anymore. I was never going to do that. I had to scratch where they didn't want my fingers to reach, and that is why people tuned in. The more I ripped off the veneer of phony bullshit that passes for news, the more my audience liked it. It was a little like this scene from Network. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street and there's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to riot. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. So that's been the game all along, right? To silence Fox News and make me shut up Kind of like how they got rid of Howard Beale at the end of Network. Let's just move on to the next thing, because if we don't, the lawyers will never stop coming, the lawsuits will never stop coming, the media and the bored army of blue checks will have to keep coming for Fox. Isn't that what Sandy Cortez wanted all along? Wouldn't she be doing a happy dance if the Murdochs fired me? Oh wait, she did. Here is Sandy Cortez. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. Deplatforming works, and it is important. And um, there you go. I like to think that this is still a free country and that rich lawyers and corrupt politicians and compliant journalists would not use their power to silence their critics. But then I remember what just happened to Matt Taibbi threatened with prison time by a member of Congress over his testimony about the Twitter files. And then we look at what Taibbi just wrote about the media blackout of a story bigger than Watergate, about how they did rig the 2020 election by not just burying the Hunter Biden laptop story, but by falsifying a document to lie that it was Russian disinformation. Quote, 
By any marker, this is an enormous news story. If we go by the usual measuring stick of American scandal, the Watergate story, this potentially meets or exceeds that on almost every level. Does it reach into the current White House? Check. Was it a craven attempt to subvert the electoral process? Check again. Did a presidential candidate engineer a massive public deception? Yes, resoundingly. Did it involve intelligence agencies? Yes, and these weren't amateurs like Nixon's plumbers. These were 50 of the most powerful people in the intelligence world, including five former heads or acting heads of the agency in Morrell, John Brennan, Leon Panetta, Michael Hayden, and John McLaughlin, conspiring to meddle in domestic politics on a grand scale. End quote. And we're not supposed to talk about that on a major cable news show? Does anyone think Joe Scarborough's tiny brain could ever think, oh, there's a story here? How about Maddow? No, not one of them, not even Bill Maher, not the New York Times. No, no, and no. So Rupert Murdoch is now joining them, refusing to stand against the tide and stand up for journalism, the First Amendment, and the truth. They default to terms like conspiracy theory or far right, because it, like the big lie, insurrectionists, and extreme MAGA Republicans, is code for their unified flock to fall in line and never question them. They are incurious. They are scared. They will do anything to cling to power. No government in my lifetime has come this close to the level of authoritarianism we're seeing at the hands of this one, now dangerously close to violating the First Amendment again, though by proxy, with their lawyers, who can simply sue or threaten to sue an oligarch like Rupert Murdoch, and that works just as easily. So you know, there are lots of reasons they might want to fire me from the Jimmy Dore show. Now, can I just can I just jump in uh, and say that I challenge the veracity of that claim by the L.A. Times or what Rupert Murdoch says that the real reason why they're firing him is because of his January 6th coverage. That's not <laughs> that's not why they're they're firing him for several reasons. The biggest one was that he finally brought on RFK Jr. And they told the truth about Big Pharma. Big Pharma funds news to 70 percent. And so I'm, I'm guessing that was the last straw. <coughs> I also know that there is a split inside the Murdoch family. And Rupert Murdoch has been wanting to get rid of Tucker for a while. And so they I guess there was just enough things. And I think that the 70 percent advertisers coming down on them, Big Pharma, I think that was all it took. What, what do you think, Aaron? Well, Jimmy, here's a clip you're talking about. Here's Lee Fong reporting it. Tucker Carlson last week ripped Big Pharma spending hundreds of millions of dollars on TV ads and news outlets routinely parroting drug industry talking points. Is there a single example of a CNN, MSNBC, or other Fox News host ever discussing TV advertising corruption? No. And here is, here's what Tucker said. And try this at home. Ask yourself, is any news organization you know of so corrupt that it's willing to hurt you on behalf of its biggest advertisers? Wow. Anyone who do that is obviously Pablo Escobar level corrupt wow. and should not be trusted. Wow. What would that look like? That level of corruption. Wow. Well, imagine that the Trump administration had made it mandatory for American citizens to buy my pillow. That's one of Fox News's biggest advertisers. Imagine the administration declared that if you didn't rush out and buy at least one my pillow and then at least another booster pillow, you would not be allowed to eat out. You couldn't re-enter your own country. You couldn't have a paying job. My pillow, they told you with a straight face, 
was the very linchpin of our country's public health system. Now imagine as they told you that, that Fox, as a news organization, endorsed it, amplified the government's message. Imagine if Fox News attacked anyone who refused to buy my pillow as an ally of Russia, as an enemy of science. And then imagine that Fox kept up those libelous attacks even as evidence mounted that my pillow caused heart attacks, fertility problems, and death. If Fox News did that, what would you think of Fox News? Would you trust us? Of course you wouldn't. You would know that we were liars. Thank heaven, Fox News never did anything like that. But the other channels did. The other channels took hundreds of millions of dollars from big pharma companies, and then they shilled for their sketchy products on the air. And as they did that, they maligned anyone who was skeptical of those products. At the very least, this was a moral crime. It was disgusting, but it was universal. It happened across the American news media. They all did it. So at this point, the question isn't who in public life is corrupt, too many to count. Who is it? The question is, who is telling the truth? Oh, my God. No one, no one. I didn't see this. No wonder they fired him. Are you kidding me? So does he laid it out? He, he's he's giving the game away, and he's the number one news show on it. And because and the reason why Tucker Carlson is able to tell you this truth about how the advertising game works in corporate news is because they took away all his advertisers. They have all the money, all of the power all of the culture, and all of the government. But they don't have what they need and want. Freedom of the mind. That will always be just out of reach, because the price you must all pay to be left alone by them is to think like they do, believe what they believe, shut up when they tell you to. I could have been one of them. I could have stayed silent when they told me to. I could have shut up about Ukraine and... Big Pharma, Jacob Chansley, and Sandy Cortez, and the riots in the summer of 2020. I could have been a good little boy and collected my millions. But instead, I stuck to what I believed was right. It isn't only about money. It isn't about being liked. It's simply about one thing. Being able to sleep at night and wake up and face myself the next day. No matter what else I do in life, I have to be able to do that. Otherwise, I could not close out my show every night as the program that is the sworn enemy of lying, pomposity, smugness, and groupthink. I wish I could say I will see you tomorrow night. I know so many of you count on my show for relief against the madness of the left. But instead, I'll just say I'll see you when I see you. Tucker Carlson will be missed. Here are some memorable moments that resonated with me over the past few years. Who knew that the guy I was told I had to hate loved animals and was kind to ordinary people? But that is who he is, who he really is. On his last show on Friday, he invited the president of PETA to defend rats in New York City. So the question is, is New York City dirty because it has a lot of rats or does it have a lot of rats because it's dirty? For a different perspective on this, we thought we would ask Ashley Byrne. She works at PETA, where she's the director of outreach, and she joins us. Ashley, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I think this is a really interesting point. I don't have a lot of rats in my house because I don't have a lot of rotting garbage in my house. And so 
maybe the problem isn't the rats, it's the people. I hadn't thought about it until you brought it up, but if you wouldn't mind explaining. Thanks for having me on, Tucker. Uh, of course. Exactly. You know, the rats are not the problem. The disgusting human behavior that is attracting the rats, that's the problem. We are basically inviting them to be here by putting out a daily buffet of garbage around the A lifeguard who rescued a little white dog who swam out too far in the ocean and lost his way. Chase McCall is a marine safety officer with the fire department in Long Beach. He just finished washing some trucks along the beach when someone told him about a dog in the water. The dog was called Tofu and he'd been swept several hundred yards offshore into the Pacific. So Chase McCall got onto his paddleboard and wetsuit and rescued the dog. He had help from another marine safety officer called Devin Beebe, who guided McCall to the dog with her binoculars. Chase McCall joins us tonight with the dog he rescued, Tofu. Thank you both. Oh, thank you both for coming on. Uh, so, so Chase, how far out was this dog? I'd say uh, Tofu was swimming maybe two to three hundred yards out offshore. What Tofu doesn't look like a, a retrieving dog, for example. Like, how did Tofu get 300 yards offshore? Do you know? Um, I, I heard reports from just beach patrons that they had been chasing her around, trying to catch her for about an hour or so in the parking lot. And uh, oh wow, I guess she just jumped in the water and, and took off towards uh, out to sea. How did she respond when you tried to pull her onto your paddleboard? Uh, I think she was grateful to see me there and uh, a little relieved. Uh, she looked a little tired and cold and came right up to me and made it easy for me to grab her and put her on the board. So dogs, can, I mean, dogs are famous. An Iowa teen who rescued an elderly man and his dog from an icy lake. So here is an equally amazing but much happier story. So a few days ago in Iowa, an 83-year-old man was driving with his dog to go ice fishing. He had a fishing shack out on the lake. Then the man's Jeep fell through the ice and into the lake. Several rescuers jumped into action because Iowa is an extremely nice state. And one of the rescuers was a 17-year-old high school student called Joseph Salmon. He was ice fishing with his mom when he saw the Jeep go under. He was able to help save the man and his dog. And so we wanted to talk to him tonight, and we are. Joseph Salmon joins us tonight. Joseph, thank you so much for coming on. Few things scarier than someone going under the ice. How did you help get this man and his dog out? So as soon as I seen him go into the water, I turned around and yelled at my mom and told her he went through and I had 911 ready to dial because as I seen him going over there, I seen him go through. I, as I was running, I called 911, called 911, ran over there. And, and sheep who escaped and were rescued from the slaughterhouse. Here's a pretty great story. Not many of them. We search high and low to find them. So last month, people driving through Patterson, New Jersey noticed something weird. Seven sheep were wandering around. They just escaped a slaughterhouse. Police later rounded all the sheep up. Sheep are not allowed to wander on the highway in Patterson. And here's the happy ending. These sheep are not going back to the slaughterhouse, kind of like when the hangman's rope breaks. You're free. So the sheep are now at the Skylands Animal Sanctuary in Sussex County, New Jersey. John DeCando is an animal control officer. Mike Stura is the founder of Skyland Sanctuary Animal Rescue, and they join us tonight. Off, thank, thank you guys so much for coming. So, Officer, first to you, if, if, if you would, what did you see? What were these sheep doing when you apprehended them? Tucker, it was around, maybe around 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, 911 calls were coming in to the Patterson Police Department. 
that were sheep running around in town. And uh, we got there, it was unbelievable. We had uh, three sheep trapped in one place. One sheep was down by Dunkin' Donuts and the other one was down by Steely Mattress. And it wasn't easy getting them because they weighed about 200 pounds each. Uh, but once they escaped from the Just 12 years ago, Anna Marie Cox stood alongside Tucker Carlson to help rescue dogs. Seems like another world, doesn't it? Washington is a town where 50% of the people can disagree with you 100% of the time. But there are some things on which we can all agree. Animals shouldn't be mistreated. Homeless animals deserve loving homes. And the best pets are adopted pets. Always consider your local shelter when adopting a pet. You'll find a lifetime friend who literally wants nothing more than to love you. A hundred percent of the time. To learn more about the Washington Animal Rescue League, visit WAR. He once honored a dog as Employee of the Month. So far, every person featured in our Employee of the Month segment has been a person. But today we are thrilled to honor a dog. The dog is called Bass. Bass is a Belgian Shepherd, served in the U.S. Marine Corps. He's been on more than 350 explosive sweeps in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Somalia. He saved a lot of lives by sniffing out at least five Taliban IEDs during a raid. And for that, he's been awarded the animal version of the Victoria Cross. Multi-purpose canine Bass joins us now with his former handler, retired Marine Staff Sergeant Alex Schnell. Alex and Bass, thank you so much for coming on. Um, tell us the basics, if you would, about Bass. How old is he? What did he do? What's he like? Yeah, absolutely, Tucker. Thanks for having us on. Of course. Bass and I served for five years together in the Marine Corps, and then you mentioned that we did the three overseas combat deployments. Um, Bass's main job as a military working dog, um, he's kind of a specialized type. It's called a uh, multi-purpose canine, and his three main capabilities were explosive detection, the apprehension or bite capability, and then being able to track enemy combatants. And over the last two decades, um, the greatest... That coalition forces. He often hosted the chicken lady on his show to talk about the kindly nature of owning chickens. Well, like all obedient Americans, we're pretty dialed into what the CDC has to say about our lives. Every day we check for new guidance and we have new guidance. For once, it has nothing to do with the coronavirus. This guidance from the CDC is about chickens. The CDC is warning Americans about chickens and we're quoting now, don't kiss or snuggle backyard poultry and don't eat or drink around them, end quote. Now that raises the question, who are these chicken touchers out there that the CDC is concerned about? And we're not judging as we ask that, we just would like to know. Are there people in this country who snuggle chickens? There are. And again, not judging, we found one. Here she is. My name is Tara, I'm 27, and I'm a chicken enthusiast. I love you so much! My chickens are like my babies. Since I don't have human babies, these are my human babies. <laughs> I have one special chicken. Her name is Sheila. I offer Mr. Carlson a crisp salute and a big thank you for making my day every day by making sense in a world gone wrong. Thank you for listening to this Substack, my version of a Tucker Carlson monologue. SashaStone.substack.com And remember, to thine own self, be true. For the man, too much for the man. He couldn't make it, so he's leaving the life he's come to know. Ooh. He's 
But he so found out the heart 